another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive into the world of MMA and pro wrestling, and occasionally some other combat sports. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. You know, a lot of times before, or a lot of times we name the show after we finish recording, uh, usually it might have something to do with something we talked about or things like that. I will tell you, I I already had the name of today's show almost exactly when it happened. The name of today's show is, his name is Leon. And those MMA fans out there, you guys know what I'm talking about. And we will get into that shortly along with a lot of pro wrestling news notes and fun matches that happen across the week but before we do if you are so inclined to uh, give us a rating review question comment suggestion any of those things uh, subscribe to the show anywhere you find a podcast uh, such as uh, podcast one uh, blog talk radio is a place you can find our podcast uh, let's see, Spotify, the iTunes Store, there's just so many places. If there are places that you frequent that do not feature our podcast, let us know. We will happily add ourselves to that list. We try to be everywhere. Uh, if you would like to look for us on Facebook, you can look us up by either Jeremy York, Impact Media, Strong Style, Sport Check, That Sports Show, any of those should find us. 3endzone at gmail.com is the show's email. And yes, I do reply to each one of them, as a lot of you guys have found out. I really do. It might take me a second, but I do apply, uh, I do reply to all of them. And of course, um, at Team Impact Media on Twitter, we'll find nothing but the show links and posts. At the Impact 99 on Triller, TikTok, Instagram and Twitter will find my personal account, which has show notes plus a lot of other stuff that we have going on. Now, without further ado, we are going to start right there with UFC 278. That happened over the weekend. Uh, uh, Utah, right? Wasn't it Utah? Yeah, which means let's keep this in mind, folks. The elevation is a factor. The elevation is a factor. Alright, now that being said, we are going to start with Usman versus Edwards 2. They faced once before, and uh, Usman uh, was able to get the best of Edwards. In the rematch, Kamaru Usman defending his welterweight title against Leon Edwards. Well, you guys know the name of the show, so guess what happens? Actually, round one, Leon looked pretty good. I, I thought he might have had a little bit of an upper hand. Round two, all Kamaru Usman. Round three, Kamaru Usman. Round four, it's kind of a pattern here, Kamaru Usman. And into round five, Usman is basically putting on a clinic, as he usually does. Um, a lot of you guys, or not a lot of you guys, some of you guys tend to uh, not be excited by the way he plays, or by the way he fights. 
It doesn't matter. He's getting wins. And he, he fights his game. And he was continuing to fight his game until he put himself in a situation that Leon Edwards and his trainers had prepared for all camp long. And when Kamaru uh, put his head in a, a, a place he thought was safe, Leon Edwards did a uh, high kick to the head and it was lights out for the champ. Lights out for the champ. Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman, by the way, ended up getting up on his own. Uh, he's he's going to recover. He's, he's fine. No, doesn't seem like any lingering uh, damage or anything like that. He's, you know, when you get knocked out, you still need to heal up. It's, it's just like uh, breaking a bone or things like that. He, he's going to be fine. But let's get to Leon Edwards. A couple years ago, back right around the pandemic, when I really got back into MMA, It's it, it felt like it felt like that Leon Edwards was on the verge of getting a title shot, which he probably was. But it was always a, oh, if he wins this fight, he's probably uh, yeah, yeah, definitely his next fight would be for the belt, and then he would have that fight. And even even when he won, they would say, well, that that uh, that performance wasn't quite. Uh, uh, as exciting and as as dominant as as we thought it was. Well, maybe he has a, a one more fight and then that. And uh, it just seems like he kept getting passed over, and passed over, and passed over. And and we can we can all relate. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a job situation where you you just thought maybe you were right for an opportunity, and you keep seeing everybody else get a chance. And everybody's like, oh man, you're a you're a shoe, and you're clearly the the next person up, they're gonna they're gonna put you into this position, and and maybe so far it hasn't worked. Or, I mean, I don't want to bring up bad memories. I guess we're all doing this. Uh, think back to the early childhood days. Maybe um, maybe you thought it was your turn to be a team captain and get to decide the teams, or maybe you thought you should be picked higher in the kickball team than you were. And it, we've all been there. We've all been there. I, I, you know, it wasn't a fun time. I made the most of it, but I mean, we we've all been picked last or or been picked over for opportunities, and y you just keep wondering when is going to be my chance. Well, Leon Edwards is telling you he's he's the perfect example here. You keep your eyes open, you keep your head down, and you keep grinding out and you keep being you and when that opportunity does present itself you kick the guy smash the guy in the face and you're the world champ it's a weird metaphor trust me just stick with that one but when you get that opportunity you smash it out of the park and that's absolutely what leon edwards did congratulations to leon edwards it was it capped off a a really really good card we're going to get a little more into it here in a minute but uh, let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way too. Everybody's like, "Oh, well, clearly, Kamaru Usman gets an automatic rematch." Yeah, he does. For one, he as as dominant as he was up until this point, he's earned. He can almost call his shots, in my opinion. But here's the thing. I gotta agree with the assessment. I believe Big John McCarthy said this. He said we're still looking March or April for the rematch. And a lot of people said that's. 
God, that's that's six, seven months from now. How how we? Why why that? Well, in order to make sure he's okay and the brain to heal, think of the brain like a muscle. We say this a lot. When you take a massive blow to the head, you need to make sure everything, you know, is still functioning normal and, and it's like a muscle. It's it's it gets uh, takes the damage. It has to heal. So it may take till November or December for him to heal fully and and to make sure that he is cleared by the doctors. Because after a knockout, you are unceremoniously suspended for a handful of of uh, uh, weeks usually, a handful of weeks or months, depending on how severe it was. It's it's just what the athletic commissions do. That is a way to protect the fighters and the participants in these events. And so I my my best guess is is that it would be December. So let's say he's cleared in December. Let's say it's even late November. Cleared in November, you can start back training in December. Okay, well a three month camp. December, January, February, guess what? You'd be fighting in March. What if he doesn't start? Uh, what if uh, what if uh, he gets cleared about the same time, but he still camp starts in January? So January, February, March, you're fighting in. Guess what? April. So March or April makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're Edwards, what do you do between here and there? Well, that's on you. You can either wait it out and kind of hold up the division a little bit, which is fine. You've earned that right, Leon. If you want to do that, I'm behind you. Or, if he doesn't want to wait for the said fight, there are other contenders in the welterweight division. He could easily take one of them on, uh, risking the opportunity of losing the belt. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have said if Nate Diaz beats uh, Hamzat Jamayev, that maybe he gets the next title shot. And, okay, well, there's always that too. But uh, he has to beat... Hamzat first, and that fight is still a couple or a little ways away, and we will talk about it more. We will talk about it more when, um, when it gets closer. Let's talk about the co-main, the co-main event: Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. There were times in this fight where it looked like Luke Rockhold was trying to find a way out of the fight. Not running away from it. He just, it, like, like he had this look like, I don't know if I can get out of this situation. And then there were other times when he looked like the Luke Rockhold of old, the, the legend that he is. And Paulo Costa was putting it on him. Paulo Costa, who was favored in this fight, he should be favored in this fight. He should be favored in this fight any time of day, any time they put him together. Uh, and he does get the unanimous decision win. But Luke Rockhold, man, he he may have had the look as though he wanted out. But his body didn't didn't agree with that at all. He kept pushing and he kept fighting. And he made this a lot closer than a lot of people thought it would be. And then ultimately at the end, Luke Rockhold announces he's old. He's 37 years old. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's done fighting. Now, he still has a little bit of time to solidify that, but from everything I've heard, he, he's officially, he's going to be done. He There was a three-year layoff between fights. He came back. He showed everybody he could still do it if he ever 
you know, it, if people were ever doubting him, which you shouldn't. But Luke Rockhold, uh, we salute you and uh, wish you the best in your future endeavors. But uh, Paulo Costa with the big win, he is still a top five talent. That was the thing with Luke taking him on after a three-year hiatus. Luke was trying to show that he could still be in the uh, he could still be in the the title picture and a top contender. And uh, to me, he proved that he could. But uh, with him bowing out, Paulo Costa should uh, look for look for someone with a ranking higher than himself for his next fight. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see who they put Paulo Costa against. We get uh, Jose Aldo versus Marab Devashili. Marab gets a unanimous decision win over Aldo. Aldo still shows that he he is still on the top of his game. Uh, Marab was just able to control more of what Aldo was trying to do, and he made him fight his fight. So uh, Marab ends up with the win there. Um, yeah, I think there was three more fights on the main card, if I'm, unless I'm mistaken. Um, Wu Yanan took on Lucy Pudilova. Lucy put it on her, man. Lucy put it on her, gets the TKO win. Uh, Wu's a good fighter, but she got caught, and uh, good for Lucy in the bantamweight division there for the women. Uh, Tyson Pedro with the TKO over Harry Hunsucker. Give Harry credit, man. A lot of people just wanted to count him out of this fight. And, and was he over his skis? I don't know. But Tyson Pedro did what he needed to do. And uh, Harry got featured on the main card of a pay-per-view. So it can't be that bad because you wouldn't put a garbage fighter on a main card. Just saying. Uh, wish the best for Harry. And uh, good for Tyson Pedro. I thought you uh, did what you needed to do, and uh, you get the big win. And then um, Marcin Tabura against Alexander Romanov. Romanov coming in with that 16-0 unblemished record. And this was a fun fight. The way I saw this fight was a part of the Gronk cast, which is a whole other thing I will get into in a second. But in watching it through that, uh, Tabura, man, he, he was putting it on Romanov. Romanov looked good early, and then it looked like the elevation started to get to both of them. The thing is, is Tabura is used to uh, going longer rounds, and I think that, that helped him a little more. And he hands Alexander Romanov his first defeat by majority decision. I feel bad for the next Romanov opponent. He is going to crush them like a grape. But good for Tybura. Was there, was there another moment? There were some good fights. Um, no, main car was pretty much the uh, meat and potatoes of that. Because the next, the next fight night event is UFC fight night, September 3rd. That is next weekend. Uh, Cyril Gaon versus Ty Tuivasa. Where's that one at? Is that one at? That one's the one that's... In France, right? Can I get producer Sassy? Can we check that out? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it is because this is the one Gon's fighting on. Yep, the Accor Arena in Paris, France. Yeah, that's that one's gonna be fun, and we'll talk about that one more next week. Um, 
before I get into PFL, because they had their uh, final semifinal event, their their week three event. Uh, so watching Gronkcast, right? I don't know if you guys watched it or not. Uh, it's it's fun. It's it's the Gronkowski family and a couple ESPN guys, and there was a fighter. I don't remember which one. But uh, he was in the studio as well. And they had guests. It was kind of like Manning cast, but it was the Gronks. And they were talking about the fights and and uh, just the Gronkowski family in general. And uh, they have Dana White on. And they're kind of talking back and forth. And, and some, one of the brothers, one of the Gronkowski brothers said, Yeah, w- wouldn't, it, wouldn't it have been nice to have Rob uh, play for the Raiders in Vegas? And, uh, you know, just, oh, wouldn't it have been nice for you if you got to do that? And Dana kind of chuckles, and then he says, oh, am I really telling this story? All right, fine. And before anybody could really say anything, he says, all right, years ago, a couple years ago, I brokered a deal that would have brought Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Raiders here in Vegas, but John Gruden uh, blew up the deal. And the entire Gronkowski family, all their jaws were on the floor. I know, I know, I, I stopped breathing for a second. I was saying, what? It, I've, I've never heard, I mean, I know other people, other than people associated with the team, um, with teams, sometimes are part of the pitches to, to come to cities, you know. Um, I, I've known different other, you know, like let's say, like let's say the Braves are trying to recruit a new left fielder, uh, maybe Trey Young of the Hawks may give that guy a call or, or, or uh, invite him in for dinner one day and show him the cool parts of Atlanta. I mean, stuff like this. It, it's, this happens all the time. But and it, and the surprising part is not that Dana White would have put a deal together like that or that it didn't go through because Gruden blew it up because that that all sounds probable. That's given the characters and pieces involved makes a lot of sense but it was just so out of nowhere and he just kind of nonchalantly like oh we're telling this story okay here's the story and and it just fascinating just fascinating now of course Mark Davis of the Raiders I'm going to talk more about this on, on that sports show later in the week course he says uh no i I, i'm unaware of any kind of thing like that well first of all he's lying and second of all if he is unaware of that then that shows how out of touch of an owner he is and potentially why some people want him out it happens mark davis an okay owner but the reason why they want him out is not because of his decision making it's because he is the uh least wealthy owner of the the billionaires club there I'm not sure he's a billionaire but uh, yeah good on Dana White for making headlines for not only the NFL but connecting that to the UFC and making it a uh, fantastic announcement fantastic announcement for sure now let's talk some PFL I am just going to talk about the four main card fights there were some european qualifiers um this one of course was from london and uh there was uh some people on the well i'll say one somebody on the pre car pre we call it the pre-main event card the preliminary card there we go prelims uh you had dakota Ticheva 
against Hasna Jabber. Dakota Cheva, man. Whew. That girl can fight. We're talking 58 seconds in. She gets the TKO victory. She looked good. She is going to be a menace moving forward if she finds herself into the tournament. Now, I, I do have to say this. I have found out that the PFL is changing their format just a little bit next year. And here's what it is, is that some fighters have opted not to do the normal regular season and just to have regular fights. Kayla Harrison is one. There's been a couple other ones. She's the main one. But basically, we're still going to have where you have, uh, I guess, two to three fights, depending on how they do it. I suggested three to race FO, who would be a decision maker in that. We'll see. But however many preliminary fights you have, you build up the points, top four, go into the bracket, one, place, one fight's four, two fight's three, winners face each other for a million bucks in the belt, and a belt, right? Okay. Well, like in Kayla's, in Kayla Harrison's uh, situation, she basically would get her flat fee, which is how they usually pay them, if they pay them X amount per fight or however they want, how mu however much for a year. Um, and I would imagine a couple times a year she would have big fights. Maybe two or three times a year she would have big fights, whether it's um, with people they bring in. Like cross-promotion would be great. I don't think they're going to do that. Or if it's not people, they, you know, they, they special prize fights basically is what these would end up being. Now, I do have to throw this tidbit. I did not know this story, and I heard um, I heard it for some good sources at Bellator, is that when she was uh, kind of getting courted by UFC and Bellator and the PFL this summer, or this, uh, not this summer, earlier this year, before she had signed with anybody, um, there was a clause in her contract where the PFL could match an, an outside offer she got. So, you know, even if it was um, icon fighting or even if it was Eagle FC, didn't matter. They could match. And I heard that Bellator gave her quite an offer and the PFL matched. Now, I don't know how many times they could do that. That may be the only time in the contract they could do that. It's kind of, it, it happens in football a lot where uh, if you're a restricted free agent or uh, just certain things like that, then you can go out and find a deal with somebody else, but the home team has the option to try to match it. A lot of times they don't. They say, no, that's a better deal than we would really give you, so you should take it. In this case, they said, yeah, we'll match it. It was a pretty good deal. I don't know the exact details of it, and it is not up to me to discuss it. Uh, if you guys are so inclined to want to check into it, that is uh, on you. But to respect, out of respect to Kayla, uh, I'm going to leave it alone. Well, let's just say it's, it's a good deal. But uh, it, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. I think she signed a two-year deal, by the way, because she's already talking about next year. So we will see. We'll have the regular season format, and then we will have uh, these uh, special, I guess, one-off fights or prize fights, kind of, kind of USC and Bellator style, maybe. And we'll we'll see how those go. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So let's go to the main card fights. Uh, let's uh, 
couple of uh, we had one fantastic fight and three that uh I think for the most part kind of kind of went the way we thought they could and that's no disrespect to any of the fighters because hey they all made the semifinals you, you can't lock into one of those you got to be pretty good uh, and it, let's start with Ryoji Kudo versus Bubba Jenkins Ryoji Kudo came out uh, he had a plan He was trying to execute that plan, and then a minute 49 in, Bubba Jenkins ended this thing with a submission. I uh, just I'm trying to think was it was it a rear choke or was it was a forgot what kind of choke it was. But uh, Bubba is more than just a wrestler, folks. He may be a thousand percent at wrestling, but he's got hands. He's got his jujitsu. He's got his grappling working, and uh, he is going to be a menace to. Uh, to uh, his opponent in the final and two people going forward but uh, Bubba Jenkins minute 49 into the first round submission in fact I'm gonna kind of say these in order uh, next up let's go to the women's side of things where Larissa Pacheco took on Elena Kolesnik a lot of people were saying uh, Elena's out of her league and the last time these two fought she was super aggressive hyper-aggressive and uh, kept stepping forward, stepping forward, stepping forward, trying to push the action on Larissa until Larissa just uh, just uh, smashed her. Well, I'll give it to Elena. Elena had a different a different outlook on this fight and a different plan. Last time she rushed in, she got caught. This time, she was uh, kind of perimeter fighting as I call it. She was staying near the edge of the cage and trying to circle out of the Pacheco attacks. It was working for the most part until Larissa was able to cut her off from moving side to side so much and when she cut her off two minutes and nine seconds in she gets the TKO victory. Larissa Pacheco man you gotta think of it this way. The only person in the PFL who has come close to beating uh, Kayla Harrison is Larissa Pacheco who or did she beat her? No, I'm not sure. I know it came down to nope, she did not beat her because she's still undefeated. Uh, she took her, Larissa took her all the way to a split decision. I want to say it could have been unanimous decision, but she took her all the way to the end, and Kayla did not like that. Did not like that at all. Uh, but we got to see what Kayla does to see if if she was going to face Larissa Pacheco. Like I said once again, I'm not going to say that Elena. Kolesnik was out of her league in fighting this. Now, she earned her spot in the semifinals. Larissa is a top-level fighter. Elena is an up-and-comer. There's a little bit of difference in their experience, and I'll give you that. But beyond that, Elena had just as much chance to win this as anybody. Good for Larissa. Uh, Larissa is definitely looking forward to the final. Uh, she, was a, she was a fun interview 
Uh, she really trains hard all the time. They all do, but she really gets into her training. Uh, let's go to the other. Who Who is Larissa going to face? Well, she was going to face the winner of Kayla Harrison or Martina Yendrova. Uh, Yendrova was trying to pick her shots. She was doing a good job of, of keeping away from Kayla and, and not getting in her grasp because Kayla loves to do the judo throws and then she is on top of you on the ground and not a whole lot of what you can do about that. So she was doing a good job of, of evading those, not getting too close. Uh, and then Kayla was able to uh, get her up against the fence uh, a few nifty little moves later. And uh, Kayla had the submission three minutes and 17 seconds into the fight. That looked more like the Kayla Harrison that we had seen before. And she was quite fired up in the post-fight interview. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. She's a lot of fun. Uh, Martina Yandrova did a really good job. And sometimes you just run out of real estate. Her and Elena had the same problem. You just, you're doing a good job of evading the, the attacks that your opponent's known for. And then you just run out of, of real estate. And uh, they both got caught. And that sets up the final. Larissa Pacheco versus Kayla Harrison. That's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk more about it as it gets closer. At the moment, I do not know where or when the PFL finals are. I'm sure they will be announcing that soon. It would not hurt my feelings if they came back to Atlanta, but uh, I feel like they're if if they're mm, I don't know if you could go to Vegas, but I would go to like Atlantic City or a big time fighting hub. Uh, but I said earlier, Bubba Jenkins beat Rose Yukudo. Well, who's Bubba Jenkins going to face? He's going to face the winner of Chris Wade versus Brendan Lognane. I'll tell you right now, these two guys don't particularly care for each other. I know this on first-hand account, and I know this because there was about two weeks' worth of videos leading up to this about it, which is fine. What it comes down to is that Chris Wade does not like that Brendan Lochnane and Bubba Jenkins run their mouth a lot, and they do. They talk a lot, and apparently they said some things about Chris Wade's family, and he did not like it at all understandable uh, in fact Chris told us in no uncertain terms at the press conference back here in Atlanta that he hoped to face Brendan and Bubba in these semis and the finals and didn't care in which order because he wanted to smash one and then smash the other understandable what I think happened in this fight is that Chris Wade come out and he was doing some good things early in the fight and then Brendan started to kind of lock down and counter everything Chris was doing. And when suddenly kicks and strikes are certain ones that, that Chris was finding homes for, suddenly were not finding homes. Uh, Brendan just started to take over the fight. And I felt like he controlled at least two rounds, if not probably two and a half of the three rounds they did in Brendan Lochnane gets the unanimous decision win. Uh, Chris Wade fought a great fight, and at the end, they did kind of embrace, and they seemed to say a few words, and it seems like they kind of made up a little bit. I think Chris Wade come a little too fired up to the party, 
to this fight, and uh, I, I think his emotions got the best of him, and Brendan was able to fight his fight and make Chris fight his fight, and he won. He absolutely won. So now we get Brendan Lognane against Bubba Jenkins. They have trained together before. They know each other. They get along pretty well. Uh, they they were having fun in the cage after the thing, and uh, it, it this is going to be a fun fight. Uh, Brendan loves to have these slug em out wars, and Bubba Jenkins likes to uh, remind everybody he's double-parked and get out of there early with his wrestling and grappling. Um, we'll see what this... I think the location of this is going to have a lot to do with it because Brendan got to fight in uh, in London, which is close to his hometown. And, uh, you know, next time if they're closer to Bubba's place, it, it could be slightly different. Who knows? Like I said, we don't know where and when yet on the PFL. We uh, We should know here soon. And as soon as we do, we will... Let you guys know, but I, I give it to the PFL. There is a reason why they are one of the top three MMA companies in the world. And depending on who you ask and what time of day as to where they are, if they are, basically if they're second or third. Let's. But uh, in, in a way, I'm trying to compare this to a wrestling company. They are, they're not really AEW because they don't use the same strategy. And building rosters. Um, not sure. It's kind of. It's not really a way to compare it. But uh, that's going to wrap up our MMA talk for this week's show. Uh, after the break, we will talk some uh, pro wrestling, of course, AEW, WWE, New Japan, and Impact Wrestling. Hopefully, Ring of Honor will be back on on TV soon. I, I hear there's a deal being worked on, but uh, this will be after the break, and uh, here in a few short seconds, we're going to hear some more information about our friends at betonline.net where uh, you should go. They have some fantastic stuff. Uh, they have articles. They have podcasts. They do a lot of the research for you, and they offer some uh, really great odds that are uh, definitely comparable with uh, some of the big ones out there. So, um, after this short break, we'll talk more wrestling. But for now, let's listen about our friends at BetOnline.net. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back here on Strong Style. Of course, tonight's episode, as I said, is entitled, His Name is Leon. Congratulations to Leon Edwards again on his UFC 278 
uh, massive victory. This time talk some pro wrestling. And boy, were there some fun things going on. Uh, as I usually do, I'm going to tell you about the things I think were important and entertaining and fun. I will not always talk about every single moment or match. If there's something you think I glossed over or if you disagree or agree with what I say, feel free to contact us here at the show. I'd love to hear it. If you guys want me to talk more about something else than what I talk about, or if you like what I talk about, want me to talk more about that, I want to know. I want to talk about the things you guys want to talk about. You guys want to hear. So let's start with AEW. We mentioned them a minute ago. Let's let's start with AEW. Of course, their Dynamite show opens up with CM Punk and John Moxley kind of uh, getting face-to-face. We are going to get, uh, I believe it's probably happening now as we record the show, we are going to get Punk versus Moxley for the Undisputed title. I hate to disappoint people, but I'm pretty sure CM Punk is going to retain because there are... The plans that they had before he got hurt, I think they're going to continue to go forward with. They just put him on ice and let Moxley be the champ for a little while, and he'll go back to doing something else. And at some point, they could run him out of AEW because he'll get tired of things like that. But uh, we get Punk and Moxley. Jericho gets involved as well because he needs to. And uh, Having the three of those, at some point, Punk, Jericho could be interesting, but there, there's a lot of other people Punk, I think, should take uh, take on. But we finally get that, those two facing off in a... They were having a good verbal battle, and then Moxley, I think he went off script. And he just... His stuff stopped making sense. And uh, it was kind of weird. But uh, Punk had some funny lines. Mox had some decent ones. About time we saw it, right? We got to see Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia in a two-out-of-three falls match. This was pretty good. Uh, they kind of think Daniel Garcia could be the next Brian Danielson. I think he's got a way to go to be anywhere close to the American Dragon from uh, days past. Uh, the one now is still pretty dang good, and, and Danielson does win this two out of three falls uh, matchup. Garcia's a good talent. The thing that was most intriguing about this was at the end, uh, they... They didn't really, you know, hug it out or, or high-five it out or, 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 you know, but there was like a mutual respect between Danielson and Garcia. And uh, Jericho come down there to kind of remind Garcia that you're a part of the JAS. And uh, he he seemed to spin and and uh, walk away from, from Jericho. So maybe we're going to see Garcia split from him. I don't think that would be a bad idea. Uh, he just doesn't fit the JAS, in my opinion. He's uh, he just he doesn't fit with the the hijinks and fun cars. I mean, fun people that they they I don't know, just the the goofy stuff that they do. So I mean, I don't know that Garcia should necessarily join the Blackpool Combat Club. He could, but I mean, it would help him a lot. But Yuda is kind of the young force in that one. Uh, La Faction de Ignorables, which is by far one of my favorite trios of Dragon Lee, Andrade, and Roosh. They took on the Elite, the returning Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. 
I was so excited. I was so excited. Kenny Omega's back, and he's teaming with the Young Bucks. Holy cow. Man, it was so good to see him back. And, uh, of course, the Elite move on, which I thought was interesting. But uh, if anybody's going to be inaugural trios champs, it would make sense for the Elite to be the first. Uh, and apparently after everything went off or during the break or, or whatever, Omega grabbed the microphone. He said, uh, he said that he missed this and that uh, as long as he's not live on television, he uh, will will tell the audience how much he appreciates and the fans how much he appreciates supporting him and, and AEW and the Young Bucks and all that. He said, but if the camera is on, uh, I will say some despicable things and you are free to boo me. But uh, I thought that was fun. And uh, Omega is not fully back. Like he is physically, as far as he is physically in the building and wrestling. Uh, but he's going to have to knock some rust off and get used to uh, being healthy again because he wrestled dinged up for so long, so many surgeries and things he had, that uh, it's just good to have him back. This I mean, Omega Punk, there, there's just a lot of, um, I'll be honest, Daniel Bryan Omega. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of, or Bryan Danielson, whatever. There's a lot of Kenny Omega matchups that I'm dying to see, and I hope you guys are too. But uh, good for the Elite. They move on in the Trios tournament. Uh, we see Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta come out showing their belts. Of course, Claudio being the Ring of Honor uh, Ring of Honor World Champ and Wheeler Yuta being the Pure Champ. He's, I don't disagree with either. And Claudio is talking about possible contenders and things like that. And then the natural Dustin Rhodes comes out. And he says, you want a contender? You know, me and you had a lot in common up until recently. We both had kept clawing and scratching and doing everything we could in this business and had never won the big one, never won the world title. And, Claudio, you were able to do that, and so I want the opportunity to do that. So it's going to be Claudio versus Dustin. I think that match was tonight. Look forward to watching it here in a few minutes. Uh, big moment. Love it. Uh, Hook took out somebody named Zach Clayton, who they tried to play up and tell us was somebody big. I don't know who he was, but good for Hook. He keeps the FTW belt as he should. Um, I kind of am looking for Hook to get away from these squash matches, and whether it's QT Marshall or, or, or somebody that needs to make this a uh, five, six, seven, eight-minute match, because I think that's going to make Hook really really get bigger with the crowd. The crowd's already into him. If you want to make him a bigger star, show that he can go more than a couple minutes. Which he can. They just haven't done it yet. Uh, we got Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart versus Serpentico. Yeah, this one didn't last very long, but what did last a long time was the rear end stomping by Miro of Buddy Matthews as he beat the crap out of him all over the ringside area. At some point, we're going to see Malachi and Miro face-to-face -face square off, or we're going to get a one-on-one -on -one match or something, and uh, I am all for it. That is two guys that I don't know if they ever crossed paths in WWE. Maybe they did in NXT beforehand, 
but uh, the, that's two guys that have got main event, don't even need a belt, main event, any card. Um, Athena beat Penelope Ford, and it's nice that Athena get another win. Uh, Penelope Ford, I, I wasn't sure she was still with the company. Turns out she was uh, injured, and so now that she is not injured... Uh, she is going to be back on TV a lot more, even though her boyfriend wears a suit and a box on his head with Kip Winger. Not boyfriend, they're married. So her husband wears a box and a suit and stands at ringside. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Kip Sabian. But um, I said good for Athena, but uh, good to see Penelope Ford back. And it seems like she. Uh, this was a good match for her. She is a, a she's turned into a pretty good mechanic, where uh, she's really really making good matches every time she's out there. So shout out to Penelope Ford on that. And had Leon Edwards not done what he did, I don't know. Maybe I'd name this episode after you. Uh, we had Davari, Slim J, and Parker Boudreaux with Sunny Kiss. They are known as the Trustbusters or something like that. Anyway. Trio's match versus Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Uh, Dan Housen eventually did play a part in this at the end. Uh, moving on is Orange and the Best Friends, of course, even though uh, Parker and Slim J and Davari and Sonny uh, took them all out at the end. And uh, it be interesting to see what the Trustbusters do. They're a, a, a very eclectic group, but... Uh, a lot of talent in there, a lot of indie talent that not many people are familiar with, and I think you guys are, are going to at least respect these guys down the road, even if you don't uh, it cheer for them. But, uh, that was uh, pretty much AEW this week. I look forward to seeing what they do tonight, as I said. Uh, let's move on to WWE. Let's go to Raw where we got Alexa Bliss and Ashka, who took on Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. in a uh, tag team tournament. This was a quarterfinal, I think. I don't know, there's so many tournaments going on right now. But uh, Ashka and Alexa, of course, move on. As they should. This is a pretty good match, but they're, they're clearly the more established of the two there. Uh, Dewdrop and Nikki are really good, but they're, they're not getting the push, and we know that. Uh, Champa and Miz took on Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Of course, Champa helps get the win there for him and Miz. More importantly, Dexter Loomis showed up randomly at ringside in the uh, crowd area and was uh, wrestled out of the arena by... A uh, handful of security. Interesting. He has been showing up a handful of times here recently. Looks like Loomis is back. Uh, there was an incident this Monday that involved him. And then another random person from the crowd as well. So we'll see what all that's about. If it, they are building a faction or if uh, that was just a, a one-off weird fan moment. Uh Dana Brooke took on Dakota Kai with EO, Sky, and Bailey at ringside. Uh, decent match. Dana done, done a pretty good job, but uh, 
Dakota Kai. I'm, I'm a big Dakota Kai fan. I think you guys are eventually going to be on her side. And, uh, you know, EO's all right, but uh, Bad Bailey is the best Bailey. So Bad Bailey and Dakota Kai in the same place. EO just accents them both. That's it's. They're a fun trio. They're gonna they're gonna do some big things. And then we got uh, Theory versus Dolph Ziggler. Good match. I hate that anybody has to lose this match because I I like both of them. I'm a big Dolph fan. Theory is doing some fantastic things, representing the A as he is from the Atlanta area. Cut his teeth in the local indie scenes around here of course uh still the money in the bank winner don't know how triple h feels on him i know vince really liked him we will we will see moving forward he is he is really growing as an on-screen performer and we will see what he does uh moving forward but uh, he gets the win over dolph that moves us to smackdown where uh ronda rousey comes out adam pierce comes out and uh a bunch of security try to get Rousey out of the ring and escort her off the premises, and she attacks a lot of the security. So Adam Pierce, of course, will suspend her. I think it's because she's filming a movie or something. So they're trying to get her off screen long enough to do a TV show or a movie or whatever she's doing. And uh, they'll bring her back into the fold once she is uh, done with that commitment. We got Natalia and uh, Sonia Deville who were supposed to take on, uh, what's her name, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark from NXT as part of the tag tournament. But instead, because of injuries to both, instead of having two random people that you're pushing into a, uh, a big title picture in NXT, two women's title contenders as a random team, how about the the second most established team down there. Yep. Natalia and Sonya had to take on Gigi Dolan and JC Jane of Toxic Attraction. And Toxic Attraction wins this, this match. And they deserve to. Which, for one, that goes ahead. And for Gigi and JC, they officially have wins over Natalia. So they joined the long list of people that's, uh, gosh, it's it's just a long line. At least it wasn't a roll-up. They uh, they straight up beat them. Uh, it was a really good match. Uh, Io, Kai, and Bailey came out towards the end of it to kind of stir things up a little bit. But the unfortunate part is that we already know that this coming up week on SmackDown, Toxic Attraction is not in the tournament anymore. That is because Gigi Dolan got injured. I don't know if it was a house show or if it was this match. She got injured. She will be unable to compete for a little while. I don't know any more about it than that. So they have taken them out of the tournament. There is going to be a four-team, I don't know, random melee or something. I don't even know who the four teams are at this point. But they're doing something on SmackDown where four teams are going to compete for that spot, I think, in the semifinals. Um, I, I mean, if they – I don't really know who they could put there that would make the only team that would make sense would be KC squared the reigning NXT women's tag team champions but in doing so it's going to take away from their title run and it would just make no sense so I it's just going to be another random team of uh, like Dana and Tamina or 
I don't know, insert insert random two people here. Um, where are we? There we are. Um, Max Dupree, Mace and Monsoor, and whoever the girl is with them, I, I can't remember. Uh, they were out there kind of doing their male model things and all that, and then Hit Row come out and ran them off. If that's the first kind of feud that Hit Row gets into and that it, uh, the male models get into, that's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of talent in, in both sides of that, but uh, Hit Row's going to end up on the better end of that stick, and, and we all know it. Uh, and then we got uh, a giant five-man match to determine who is going to face Gunther at Clash of the Castle for the, was it Intercontinental that he has? I think so. Uh, it was Sheamus versus Baron Corbin versus Madcap Moss versus Ricochet versus Sami Zayn. SmackDown took place in Toronto this week. That should tell you something. And here's the fun part. The fun part is, uh, even though Sheamus won the match, and he won it fair and square, he didn't cheat or anything, he caught, um, I think it was Moss or Ricochet with a kick out of nowhere. Um, the loudest ovation of the entire night, let alone just this match, the entire night, was Sami Zayn, who's from Canada. And everybody's supposed to boo him, remember? Or a lot of people say that, oh, he's a bad guy, you're supposed to boo him, I don't like what he does. Tell that to Canada. Canada's like, nope, we're welcoming back one of our favorite sons. And uh, even he said it was just electric to come to the ring, hearing that many people singing his song and, and doing, uh, just cheering him on. And it, it was, uh, it's been a while since he's he's had an ovation like that, and it's it was so great. It really was. But congratulations, Seamus. Seamus versus Gunther is going to be good. Um, and the only thing that doesn't make sense is that. Sheamus is good enough to win, but you don't want to interrupt Gunther's run, so I guess Sheamus is going to put him over. We'll see what happens with Clash at the Castle, which is this weekend or next weekend. I think it's next weekend. In case I missed the weekend, we will just recap it next week. Uh, we got Liv Morgan versus Shotzi. Liv ends up winning this one. It was a pretty decent match. Shotzi is, is good. I'm waiting where they kind of let her spread her wings a little bit and show the things she can do because she is quite the performer if they if they let her be but uh Liv wins that match and then is confronted by Shayna who uh, is trying to break her arm as I mean, it's Shayna's thing and uh and then to end all of that uh Roman and Drew were about to face off and about the time Drew was going for a uh Claymore kick. He, uh, Sami Zayn ran in between him and Roman Reigns and actually caught the kick flush in the face. And then Roman dropped Drew a few times. So Sami's actually proven his worth to the bloodline. We'll see what happens with that. Thought it was just a fantastic spot. And it looked like Roman was pretty impressed too. Uh, NXT, they were doing an event called Heat Wave because apparently they can't go more than three weeks without giving a title to their, without giving a title to uh, their show. 
This is just coming from somebody who names his show every time he has one. But, uh, okay, this one was Heat Wave, whatever that means. Maybe it's hot in Florida, you know, and water is wet. Uh, Gio Vinci took on Carmelo Hayes for the North American title. Really thought Gio was going to take this. They've been building up Gio pretty good. And then uh, Carmelo Hayes, with the help of Trick Williams, it helps. Uh, he was able to defeat Gio Vinci, Giovanni Vinci. And uh, we'll have to see what they do with Giovanni now because uh, it would have made perfect sense for him to take over that title. But instead, I guess uh, he will move on to something else. Good match, though. The talent between those two, off the charts. Uh, Diamond Mine looked like they were trying to break up, and instead some another random group of people from UK. These call themselves Gallus. This was like when NXT people got called up years ago before I started watching NXT, and I was just like, who are these people? Uh, Gallus looks like they're supposedly, if they're not actually, they're three brothers who dress alike and uh, fight together, apparently. I, I guess we'll find out more this week. It's been fun, this whole British invasion, but since we're not familiar with a lot of them, it's, uh, it's been kind of weird. So, uh, Diamond Mine and Gallus. Then we got Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez in the kind of former best friends need to face off they finally get to face off it uh, it doesn't mean much because neither the, the win or loss didn't affect their standings or anything uh, Cora does get the win uh, it makes a little bit of sense that she would get the win uh, she's a little higher clout on a little bit bigger run but she is a heel and the champion Mandy is a heel so she's clearly not going to get a title shot uh, anytime soon Roxanne Perez had the better shot of getting one, uh, if not for Zoe Stark. So, that being said, good for Cora. Good win. Escobar, Santos Escobar took on Tony D'Angelo, where if Escobar won, then I think Legato Del Fantasma was officially done with being the underlings for Tony D'Angelo. And if D'Angelo won, Santos Escobar is gone from NXT. I know what you guys are saying. Well, he's, he's clearly not going to leave NXT. Uh, you you got to keep him around. It'll keep the group around everything. I thought so, too. Because Santos Escobar wrestles circles around people like Tony D'Angelo. And D'Angelo's not bad in the ring. Instead, Tony D'Angelo ends up with the win. Escobar is gone. We will, uh, I'll have to, you know, we'll have to see what happened this past week to see. I, I do know something about the situation, but I cannot, or I'm not going to say it because we're going to talk about it next week, but uh, it's an interesting development in that particular storyline. Zoe Stark took on Mandy Rose for the women's uh, world title. Mandy Rose ends up finding a way to win, and the way she does that is she rips off the knee brace of the surgically repaired knee of Zoe Stark. She puts it on her own knee and then does a couple flying knees into Stark's face. I uh, thought it was interesting. That's, that's different. Haven't seen somebody pull the brace off of their opponent, put it on themselves, and then use it as a weapon. I, th I thought that was a very nice touch in that. 
and not to be outdone we get one world title well we got the other one as well as JD McDonough of NXT UK has came over to challenge uh, Braun Breaker this was a pretty good match uh, JD McDonough is a very intriguing character he's uh, him and Joe Gacy are very intriguing to me that they kinda do this methodical maniacal thing they do a similar version but both of their versions are different and they could coexist on the same show um, but in this case Braun Breaker gets the best of JD McDonough but I was highly impressed I am now a McDonough fan for sure we all know I'm a Braun fan but JD McDonough is a heck of a performer I want to see what he's going to do now. But uh, good for Braun for fighting through everything and uh, retaining your title. After all of this, Tyler Bate, who is the UK world champ over in NXT, came over and uh, they kind of, him and Braun went face to face. They held the belts up in each other's faces. Uh, looks like at some point they're going to face each other. And we'll, we'll see what goes from there. I don't know any more about Tyler Bate other than his name is Tyler Bate and he is the NXT UK champ. Is what it is, right? Uh, let's go New Japan. New Japan, we had two matches from the Music City Mayhem. This is when they were up in Nashville with a New Japan event. New Japan does occasionally come around the U.S. They have a uh, kind of a uh, a New Japan California setup, and uh, they they do a lot of stuff out of that as well. Uh, we got Kushida versus Alex Shelley as part of the tournament matches, I believe, because the G1 just officially ended. But we're going to see a bunch more matches on upcoming episodes of uh, television that we will talk about. Uh, Kushida and Alex Shelley used to be the Time Splitters, I believe. They're a great tag team over in Japan. Uh, but the, this time, they both wrestled to a draw, which was uh, been a long time since we've seen a time limit draw. So, it, But it was really good, really fast-paced. These two know each other really well. And uh, once again, New Japan knocks it out of the park. Because not to be outdone, they showed a match where John Moxley took on El Desperado. It was a no-DQ. We got barbed wire boards. We got... I mean, just all kinds of... It, it seems to me that, that those kind of matches put John Moxley on the map on the indie scene. Those kind of death matches. It seems to me that he's wanting to get back into them. That's why I could see him leaving AEW to go back on the indie scene or to New Japan. Wherever he can get these matches. I, I, could, I could see that happening. Uh, which would be a loss for AEW. But uh, they, I think they'd be okay. But uh, Moxley, of course, wins this. But the fact that El Desperado went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him in such a brutal event just tells you that El, El Desperado is, is really, really good. And he was on his game for this one. Lastly, we get into Impact Wrestling. Uh, they had a big multi-match at the beginning again where Black Taru with Crazy Steve took on Laredo Kid and Ray Horace and Trey Miguel and actually Black Taru ends up with the win in this one so 
Good for the big bull. Kenny King with Vincent took on Heath. Uh, Heath gets the upper hand of both Vincent and King and gets the win. And Honor No More at one point have him cornered by the fact that Eddie Edwards wants PCO to be the one to take him out. Heath was able to sneak behind everybody and drop Mike Bennett with his... I forgot what the name of his match is. It's kind of a zigzag. But uh be interesting to see what, what Heath and Honor No More, their little feud, ends up being. October 7th is their next pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling. That is Bound for Glory. I went to a Bound for Glory in Gwinnett a couple or a, a good many years ago. And uh it's one of their that's one of their big events of the year. Bound for Glory and Slammiversary are two of the big ones they circle every year. And and uh, if you're somewhere near Bound for Glory wherever it is in a, in a little over a month, then uh, definitely go check it out or see it on pay-per-view. Bound for Glory is one of the big shows. Uh, Savannah Evans took on Killer Kelly. Kind of knew who was going to win this one because Killer Kelly is, her and Tasha Steeles are apparently going to get into a little bit of a program. Uh, Killer Kelly, though, she really impressed me because Savannah Evans is big. She's powerful, and Killer Kelly was very much the aggressor and dictated this match. That is not easy to do against a Savannah Evans. But uh, Killer Kelly, they waited over a year for her to straighten out some visa issues. She had some other issues as well. Uh, looks like the weight and the timing could be spectacular for Impact Wrestling and especially for Kelly. Uh, Chris Bay challenged Mike Bailey for the X Division title. Uh, I get why Bailey's so popular. It's, 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 uh, his style just is different to me. He's more about the strikes and the knee strikes and he doesn't wear shoes and it is what it is. Uh, Bailey retains. It was a good match between the two. Uh, they had some good spots for sure. And uh, at some points we did think Bay might win. So they did a good job with it. Uh, and then we get a giant multi-man match to determine the number one contender. I guess at Bound for Glory. They, I don't think they ever said for what. But it's to face Josh Alexander for the world title. And it was Sammy Callahan versus Macklin versus Rich Swan versus Bandito versus Moose versus Eddie Edwards. And uh, by the end of this, Eddie Edwards gets the win over Rich Swan. He will face. He will face Josh Alexander at, uh, I think, Bound for Glory. But it was interesting that Eddie won. Obviously, Callahan, Moose, and Macklin all all go at each other. You kind of, you see that. Josh Alexander being a face, obviously you'd try to think about a heel first. So Rich Swan would be out. Bandito is kind of all over the place, but he's not established in Impact Wrestling, so he's a non-factor. So, I mean, kind of by default, we should have known it was Eddie. And, and good for Eddie that he gets another opportunity. Maybe he's the one that beats Josh Alexander. I kind of welcome that somebody does. I don't know if it should be him, but 
I think Callahan would be the, the choice. But uh, that is what it is. And uh, what this is, is the end of the show. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. This one called His Name is Leon. Congratulations once again to Leon Edwards for his uh, great victory. And now he's the, the champ. As always, you guys know where to follow the shows. If you do not, 3 zone at gmail.com. Shoot us a message. We will be so inclined to help you with all of that. But until next time, deuces, gooses. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling.